Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Because We Went to Therapy podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Ashley. And if you listened to our last episode on Ashley's pregnancy journey, we said that we were going to release an episode next talking about generational trauma, but Ashley and I decided that you know she wanted to get a little bit further in the book, and we decided to hop on something that's a little bit more, um, not any more important, but a little bit more trendy. Um, so yeah, we're more timely. Timely, yes. I don't, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Generational trauma and healing from that is not going away anytime soon. Um, but you never know what, you know, social media is going to be talking about next. So today we decided to talk about de-influencing. But we also wanted to talk about the, you know, the idea of overconsumption, the psychology behind like buying things and all that. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. And I'm, if most, um, if you guys are on TikTok, I don't know if it's really been talked about on Instagram. I feel like probably, but I don't watch a ton of reels on Instagram, but definitely on TikTok with the influencing trend, which I'm all for. Um, but we'll get into all of that now. Yeah. I feel like reels on Instagram are like six months behind TikToks. Like it's just regurgitating whatever was on TikTok six months ago. So I'm sure we're probably ahead of the trend on Instagram <laughs> and it, it, we'll probably see that in June. But I started noticing the de-influencing hashtag coming up around like mid to late January. And to me, what I, when I've been doing further research, it seems like there's kind of two sides to de-influencing. It seems like people are either focusing on one side, like, hey, here, I'm going to de-influence you. Here are the popular products that I bought that are not worth it. And here's why. And then here's what you should get instead, which to me is not really that kills influencing <laughs> Right. Like you're still putting your links up. You're still making money. You're still influencing people to just buy a different product. So it's not really de-influencing. And then the other side is focusing more on just like overconsumption, overspending, trying to actually buy less and have less, which I think is probably a little bit more what we want to talk about today in the mental side of things too. Yeah, definitely. And like, this is no shade at all to influencers. Like, ladies, get your bags. Like, it's totally fine. My problem, which we will get into, is the way that these influencers talk about products. Like, I don't know if you were following the mascara gate on TikTok with Michaela. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Okay, I wasn't following it a ton, but because um, my TikTok is not like, I never see Alex Earl on my page. My TikTok is all like, really? <laughs> uh, my, my TikTok is all like gentle parenting, um, anti racism, like feminism. Sometimes it's yeah. a little exhausting because sometimes I just want to laugh. But my TikTok is all like, here's why we should, you know, do X, Y, and Z in the anti racist space, which don't get me wrong, is amazing. And like, yeah. I'm glad to be on that side of TikTok and not like, you know, it's more serious side. topic. It's more serious. So one of my friends sends me a lot of like just like funny TikToks just so that I can get more on my page. So I can be like a mix. Um, but anyways, so the mascara gate, if you're not familiar, which is so dumb that we're even talking about this right now, but 
talking about it for a reason. Um, basically, this um, TikToker, influencer, what content creator, whatever you want to call her. Um, apparently, she like got this mascara from I think it was like maybe like Maybelline or something. I don't mm-hmm. even remember the brand, but she didn't show herself putting it on so people think that she was wearing falsies and like then like claiming that it was the mascara and she has not commented to this day so like i'm not gonna call someone a liar i'm just gonna i'm just you know spilling the con what what it was but anyways in the video she was like this mascara is gonna change your life and see that's my problem it's like i don't care if you want to sell a mascara like tiktok is a search engine now like people use tiktok to find like what should i buy like you know what are the what are the trends like people are literally using it especially gen zers as a search engine which is totally fine like if you're trying to research what to buy and you're like i'm gonna buy this mascara what's the best one um, totally fine. However, if you're talking about something in the sense that it's going to change your life, that's my problem because no mascara is going to change your life. Right, exactly. And they just make it seem so serious and almost like it is this life or death matter. And it's like, this is a drugstore mascara. If you want to buy it, buy it. If you don't, don't. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. And we just put things in such extremes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't talk about things. Like, don't talk about the Stanley Cup as it's, like, the end-all, be-all. If you don't have this water bottle, you're not going to be able to drink water. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) Like, I know you have the Stanley bottle, and there's no shade to it. It's just, like, if you – yeah, but people, the way we talk about things does influence how – because words are our most powerful tool. So the way we talk about things does impact – like the psychological part of our brain that's like oh this thing okay I want this like I want to feel I want to feel better so maybe this mascara will make me feel better maybe having this another pair of jeans will make me feel better like the Stanley Cup will make me feel better the problem is it doesn't right and so that's why that's the I guess that is my shade to influencers to stop talking about products is it's going to be life-changing because like no product that you're selling online is going to be life-changing and that's my hot take right i totally agree and the thing is now with tiktok and instagram and all these different platforms basically anybody can be an influencer even if you have 50 followers or 150,000 or 500,000 whatever like those people are watching your content and i know some influencers will say like, oh, I get offered products all the time and sometimes I won't agree to the brand deal because I just don't like the product or whatever. But I think that's probably, that's certainly not the case with everybody. Like you see the same people shilling the same stuff over and over and over again. And I'm like, okay, I know not all these people are buying this product with their own money or are actually using this on a day-to-day basis. They probably just got their money or their contract, whatever, from the company and they're posting about it once and then moving on. And especially Mm -hmm. like I've seen this a lot in the makeup space where they'll talk about this new contour stick or foundation or whatever for a day or two. And then they'll go, I saw this a lot on the Tarte brand trip as well, which Tarte, the makeup company sent a bunch of influencers to Dubai and they were all using Tarte makeup and then two days later they got back and they're the same influencers are going on like a L'Oreal brand trip and they switch up their makeup routine and I'm like okay so like you said get your bag do whatever you want to do but don't act like 
all these products are going to be a permanent fixture in your life. Just stop, stop being so extreme about it. Exactly. Because most people already think in black and white, unfortunately, right? And, and that's not, you know, shade to anybody who thinks in black and white because it's a trauma response or an anxiety response or depression response to think in that way, right? However, when, you know, somebody's scrolling TikTok, right? And they see something that someone or Instagram, whatever platform it is, and they see something and they're like wanting to feel better. It's almost like any, and this is something I wanted to touch on today. It's almost like any coping mechanism that um, I don't believe in bad coping mechanisms. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, like any coping mechanisms that you use to keep going, right? is fine. Sure, sometimes we get to the point where we don't need that coping mechanism any longer, but like if that's what helps us get to where we are today, okay, fine, right? <clears throat> However, when just like any coping mechanism like um drinking, like drugs, like eating disorders, like self-harm, um like you know, even talking to other people, like any coping mechanisms that you had, you have, sometimes they are, um, they can become harmful, right? Like obviously like when we think drinking and drugs, they definitely can become harmful, but they don't have to be. And I'm not talking like, obviously mm -hmm. some drugs very much are harmful and I'm not telling anyone to do drugs as a coping mechanism, but just being real about as a therapist, what people do use, right? To cope with the, you know, the millions of things going on in their lives buying things can also become problematic, right? Like, and don't get me wrong, like I definitely buy things if I just want a little serotonin boost, right? However, if you're doing that, like you, people do get themselves into debt and they do get themselves into really um, harmful situations when it comes to shopping or buying things. And so I don't, this is where it's like, I feel like, and Ashley, I'm interested in your take on this. Like it's it's not the influencer's job to control what you buy or don't buy, right? Like they're not putting a gun to your head and saying, buy this thing. However, I think like I was saying before, the way they talk about it does, they do have um, a role to play in overconsumption, right? Because that's how they make their living. So of course they're going to tell you, like they're going to tell you to buy these things and they're going to make commission off these links. And it's like, okay, how much do you need to do that? And also the way you talk about it. Like there's this one influencer I follow. She does post a lot of things, but she always says like, you don't need anything. Like this is just if you're looking for something. And like, I respect that. I don't know how much good it really does in terms of people are going to buy or not buy. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know how much influencers actually do affect how much people spend. But from the psychology standpoint, like overconsumption or overbuying or overspending can become really problematic. And it's like... The DSM probably doesn't recognize shopping addiction yet, but they also are up, they just recognize phone addiction. So like we might get mm -hmm. to the point, especially with influencers being so popular where overconsumption does become really problematic, just like any other coping mechanism that we use can become problematic. Right. Absolutely. And the thing is, once you follow an influencer for a certain amount of time, you kind of see them as maybe somebody you know, or a friend or somebody mm -hmm. that you trust. So if they give you a product recommendation and it's something that suits you, or maybe something that you are looking for, something you could use in your everyday life, you're like, great, I trust this person. It looks good on them. I'm going to buy it. And I was looking up statistics and like over a quarter of the general population has ordered something based on what an influencer has suggested. And Gen Z is almost double that. It's almost like half of Gen Z 
surveyed has purchased something because of an influencer. I'm sure millennials are somewhere up there as well. So, you know, they really do make a huge impact. But what we got to think about is, okay, they're getting this huge haul from Sephora. Like it's so easy to see people do TikToks or YouTube videos of, oh, I'm doing a thousand dollar haul from Shein or Amazon or Sephora or Revolve. And it's like, okay, obviously when you think about it, they were probably comped for all of this and they had a credit from that retailer. Well, they can write it off. Right, exactly. Like they're not actually spending just their disposable income on this and they're doing it in these mass amounts to try to get you to click on the content and to get you to buy what they're recommending so they get a kickback from it. So it's not at Mm -hmm. all realistic on, you know, just a normal day-to-day budget. And you're right, a lot of people, what you don't see is they do go into debt or they put these purchases on credit cards and they're not able to afford it. Like when I look at so-called like normal people or non-influencers doing hauls or being like, I just went to Target and spent $400 or Marshalls or TJ Maxx has been showing up a lot on my TikTok. I'm like, where are you getting this disposable income to do that? Because I don't have that type of money to just go spend like multiple times a week on stuff that's, you know, not groceries, not rent, not essentials. So what are y'all doing to be able to afford this stuff? And you're right. It probably is what we don't see sometimes is debt or putting it on these credit cards. Right. And again, if you're doing that, we're not judging you. We're not, you know, shaming you at all. We're just trying to start, you know, or continue the conversation around like overconsumption and how it can be harmful. And like Mm -hmm. something that I was just thinking about is like, as you were talking is yeah like these people normal people right like go on these halls and it's like what why do we feel like we need things like of course we need things so like that question sounds a little vague but like um and again Ashley no shade to you for your Stanley but nobody needs a $40 water bottle right like right. no but you don't need that of course like drink water right and like reusable water cups are really good for the environment however it's like we don't need this water bottle but we see somebody that on instagram or tiktok and then you brought up paris social relationships that we have talked about before like you do not know this person you do not know if they use their stanley once and then chuck it because they use you know um plastic water bottles you don't know these people right right? and so I think you really need to be careful with who you're trusting when it comes to people saying like you absolutely need this water bottle like it is so nice to have it fit in my car you know what I mean it's like fine like there's nothing wrong with that $40 water bottle but then like I saw this TikTok that like posted like the trends of water bottles which is just so wild to me that we even have water (laughs) bottle trends like what hell even is 2023 but it's like it's not going to be trendy in a couple of months you know and it's like again you don't need to follow the trends and that's what I'm trying to say is that like if the Stanley sticks out to you then cool get it right however if you feel like okay I bought the what was the one before like um like a hydro flask hydro flask yeah and then before it was like the um camelback right it's Mm -hmm. like if you feel if you find yourself 
buying things just because it's trendy and like I buy trendy clothes like so like I'm not you know sitting here in judgment at all like leather pants I've been all over that trend like I love leather (laughs) pants right and so it's just checking being able to check in with yourself and be like do I find myself seeing these products online and being like oh I need that even though you already have something that's just as effective like a different water bottle Mm -hmm, absolutely and the thing is the things that people are selling online are 99.9% of the time, they're not essential items. It's not stuff that you need to survive. It's just fun stuff to have if you need. Like you were saying with water bottles, you can drink out of a regular cup that you already have. You don't really need the Stanley water bottle. You don't need a hydro flask or all these specific things. And if that resonates with you, then great, go for it. But if not, it's not something, don't make somebody feel like you absolutely need it. And Emily, I know that you know that I'm really into thrifting, especially the last couple of years. And just going into a thrift store every once in a while makes me be like, I never want to go into a big box store again because there's just so much stuff in there, like so many clothes, shoes, home goods, travel stuff. Like there's just so much stuff in there that people don't use anymore. And then once you realize how much of that stuff is never even sold and just like ends up in the landfill, it's like, oh my God, we cannot sustain this level of overconsumption on earth because where's all this stuff going to go? It just gets so, so overwhelming. And I mean, if you've ever tried to declutter your house, it's like, where did all this shit come from and what do I do with it? Totally. And it is 1000% on the corporations that produce fast fashion and produce all this stuff. So I'm never going to say it's like an influencer's problem that we have way too much stuff, you know, in the world. Cause right. it's not. However, like we've been saying, I just feel like we need to reflect on the roles that they play in overconsumption, right? Like posting an Abercrombie haul every single day I, f- I don't know. Personally, I feel like that is a little bit creating or not creating the problem, adding to the problem. Because again, mm-hmm. I believe that corporate, like same thing with recycling. It's like no individual person's recycling is going to save the planet. Like it is a hundred percent on the corporations mm-hmm. that don't care, even though they should. However, we do all play. We can't just say, mm-hmm. oh no, like no individual plays a role because we do play some role, right? In terms of like, yeah, being able to go to the thrift store and being like, I'm going to buy, I've been seeing your hauls on TikTok for um, your baby. And I'm like, that's so cute. Like being able to go and do that, maybe instead of going and buying like Target clothes for your your baby, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like we can make small changes. However, it's just so hard to do that because there is this like sense of like wanting the new, newest and like most trendiest thing, right? And obviously for your baby, like he doesn't know, but at right. the same time, it's like the parent might like, oh my gosh, all that stuff. I don't know if you were um, seeing all that stuff about like being like a new nah baby. I don't know the term. Oh, yeah. Into, like, But it was like something about like, oh, your baby has all this nice stuff and it's like, Okay, again, no shade to those parents, but are there other things that are just as good for your baby that like, why are you making these moms who maybe can't afford those products feel bad because their babies don't have? That's another thing I feel like, and you touched on a little bit, like we don't do a great job as society of making people feel like if they can't afford the trendiest things, 
it's fine, right? And mm-hmm. that I think is when people get into debt because they're like, they want to fit in. Everybody just wants to fit in. Like that is where so much of like our our needs come from is just trying to fit in. And so like when we see everybody having this trendy water bottle or every mom having this like car seat that's supposed to be the best, like we might feel a little bad or a lot bad that we don't have these things. And that I feel like is super problematic because then people do go into debt trying to have the nicest things that they can't necessarily afford. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And like you said, it does come from the top down. Like these big corporations have these marketing budgets that then they diffuse down to advertisements and influencers and use that money for them to try to, you know, diffuse the idea that we need the products on to us, like everyday people just scrolling past our TikTok. So absolutely, like it comes from them. It doesn't start with the influencers. And that's what's hard is everything has become so fast fashion, fast, instant gratification. You use, you wear something once or twice and then it falls apart or you get rid of it. And that's just not sustainable for either our own personal budgets. And then also just for the climate generally, like that's a lot bigger conversation, but what I found Uh, once I go thrifting is, you know, trends and things are cyclical. So oftentimes I will find stuff at the thrift store that is trendy and maybe it was actually like from the nineties and now it's trendy again now and I can still find it. And it's like trends change so quickly that by the time you get an order in, something might not even be cool anymore. And that's crazy to think about. And that's exactly what I'm saying is that like if you find yourself feeling the need to get on every single trend, <clears throat> that may be when you want to reflect on, okay, is is this a personal thing where I feel like I need to be on every single trend? Because what is just like any coping mechanism, there's something under the surface that could be and I'm not saying everyone who buys things is using that to cope I'm not I'm just saying that again that's why I think you need to look at if it's a pattern for you because if it's a pattern for you what what's underneath that maybe you need to um explore a little bit more because you know what is going to change your life obviously I'm biased but therapy right Uh like a water bottle is not going to change your life Neither are the leather pants that I like want in every single color. They're not going to change my life. Right. And so it's just, it's just being able to like check in with yourself and like notice, like, do I find myself um, going into all these trends? Um, And you know, something too, that kind of like what you were going off about, like how things change. I think you said in the beginning about like here, buy this instead. I don't know about you, but I found that like most of the things, the most of the dupes that exist, which like. I, and I want to get your take on this because I feel like are a double-edged sword because when we were growing up, dupes did not exist. Like when I would like had to go to school on dress down days, cause I went to a private school, um, on dress down days, if you were not wearing an Abercrombie shirt, you were a loser. And I'm not even like exaggerating. Like people were made fun of for not wearing Abercrombie and I couldn't fit into Abercrombie. Right. And so it was like, I couldn't wear those things. But we didn't have dupes. Like, we didn't have Ugg dupes back in the day. Like, if you wore Ugg dupes, like, I think they had one. They What were they, like, bear? Like, yeah, bear like claws. Yeah. You were not cool. And now it's, Yeah, like, and you were made fun of. If you, yes. 
yes, now um, dupes are great. And so it's like, I like that. But at the same time, I feel like the dupes that are being made are from like fast fashion brands from, you know, different countries. And so it's just adding to, so that's why I'm like, it's good because I'm, I'm like people who can't afford Uggs can buy like the Amazon brand, right? If they mm-hmm. want them. However, most of those Amazon brands are like shipped from China or shipped from another fast uh, fashion company. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I bought yeah. things from China. Like I'm not shading. I'm just saying, I feel like that it can it is problematic if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's so true because I actually read a book about this, how designer brands like Louis Vuitton and Chanel and the like used to be so, so exclusive. They were literally used for like the nobility and royalty in Europe. And then it started getting diffused down a little bit more and a little bit more to um, these wealthier families. And then now it's basically mass marketed and anybody, if you have the funds, you can purchase a designer purse. And it's also so easy to get a dupe of that. Like I see people on TikTok all the time, getting something from DH gate that the branding looks exactly like it does on the, um, original. It looks like a designer purse. It, you know, from far away, like you can't tell the difference, which like, I think, like you said, it's definitely a double edged sword. I think it just depends on what you're getting as well, because a lot of times with these dupes, depending on what it is, where I've done research is you are like, it is going back to, they're being made in sweatshops. They're being made by slavery a lot of uh, designer dupes specifically actually fund terrorism because that's how these terrorist groups make their money by being able to sell these knockoff purses to mass markets. And then that, you know, it's, yeah, it's just insane. And it's like, I can't blame people for wanting to get a dupe of a $5,000 purse. Like, how am I going to be like, you, just gotta buy the original like there's no that's a, there's no that's way what I'm saying. like it's so hard because like personally I stopped shopping at Shein right but I if mm-hmm. I have friends who shop at Shein I'm not gonna shame them because like sh- other things are expensive and Shein makes dupes that are very similar to something that you might find on um like another because I don't even know, like, if Abercrombie or those places are fast fa- considered fast fashion, too, right? Like, I don't know if they mm-hmm. ethically make their clothes or whatever. I don't know. Um, however, like, let's just pretend that they do ethically make their clothes. I, Abercrombie jeans cost $100, right? And so if somebody goes on Shein and wants to buy a pair of jeans that look exactly the same for $20, maybe that's, they can't afford the Abercrombie jeans. So that's what I'm saying. It's so difficult to, like talk about this subject because like you said like nobody obviously wants to fund terrorism or fund sweatshops but at the same time people don't have the funds because there's a huge wealth discrepancy in america right in all over the world people don't have the funds to be buying hundred dollar pairs of things or like you said five thousand dollar purses so it's like obviously they don't need we need clothes right but like we don't need excessive amount of clothes and we don't need designer bags but people want them and they're marketed to be like like you said exclusive so people want them like you want a designer bag because whatever for many reasons right but it's like it's yeah. so hard to blame 
individuals who are buying these things when they're marketed to you. And it's also because other things are way, way more expensive than the dupe on Amazon, right? Right. And the thing is, the burden is always put on consumers to do the research. Like, how does this company make their products? And where does their supply chain lead and all these things? And it's like, is somebody really going to do that research before they make every single decision? No, we're not going to. It's just not realistic. And also, there is so much like time and effort that would have to go in to be able to look up these different things and figure out who somebody's manufacturer or supplier is and they bury those things so you can't tell so you can't just do a quick google search and be like where do you know x y and z make or source their clothes so right my first suggestion and my first line of defense is always asking yourself like do i need this one, two, how many times do I think that I'm going to wear it? Is it something that I'm probably, it's so trendy that I'm going to wear once and take a picture in it and then probably never again? Or is it more like a staple piece like jeans or sweater or something that I'm going to have for a long time? And then I always suggest either thrifting, trying to thrift for the item, at least like spending a weekend and going to a couple different consignment stores or thrift stores and just seeing if you can find something similar because buying secondhand is always going to be, you know, not just a better price, but better for the environment than buying from the primary source. And then also looking on stuff like Poshmark and Depop because you might be able to get the original item that somebody's selling new with tags or only worn once or twice for a pretty yeah. deep discount. So, you know, that's always an option too. If it's something that you decide that you do really want to have, there's definitely options out there where there's people like us that just wear the item once or twice and they're like, oh, I don't fit into it anymore. I moved on to the next thing. Absolutely. Ashley, I'm having a lot of fun selling my wedding wardrobe clothes because my ego is not too big that I can admit that I over consumed on white clothes because it's just yeah. like such like a happy exciting time and like you know you get to or you, you can wear white you know for like all these different events so I absolutely over consumed and I've been having so much fun selling them because I'm you know selling them on Facebook I'm selling them on Poshmark I'm selling them on like this website called Second Look Co um, and mm-hmm. so it's like really fun because I'm like having conversations with um, the women who are buying these clothes and they're like sending me pictures and like, I'm so excited. So it's like kind of fun to like, you know, one, make a little bit of money back because I spent, like I said, I spent way too much money and two, <laughs> to also like see your clothes, like not, cause like I, I never throw away my clothes. I always, always donate them. And actually, if you're in Phoenix, I highly recommend donating your clothes to Maggie's Thrift. They help um, new moms and babies Um, leave domestic violence relationship or yeah domestic violence relationships and they help them get jobs they house them and so they're looking for all different kinds of clothes so please do not take your clothes to goodwill if you have the option to take your clothes to um, a smaller thrift store consignment shop and like I said if you're in Phoenix Scottsdale area Maggie's Thrift is an amazing foundation that's where I take the majority of my clothes they even accept um so sometimes I'll take my husband's clothes there because they do accept um boys and men's clothes but anyways um I just wanted to plug that 
but yeah, it's been, I've been having fun selling my clothes and you actually um, encouraged me to sell my bridesmaid's dresses. I've been a bridesmaid a lot and so I have a lot of dresses <laughs> and I'm like, it's so like dumb to hold on to these when I could sell these and like make one, make money, but then two, also have somebody not have to buy another bridesmaid dress from the website if they can get it from me. And like, I've worn them once, so they're all in good condition, right? It's not like mm-hmm. I've worn them a hundred times. And like you said, most of the things, most of the things I'm selling are worn once or some things I bought and never worn, which I, you know, wish I didn't do that. But like I said, you just get excited during that time and you want to buy things, um, But yeah, so like Ashley was saying, like buying and selling things or donating things can, you know, go a long way into like the overconsumption of the, of things. Right. Absolutely. And like you were saying with bridesmaid dresses, there's like a 0% chance you're ever going to be asked to be in a wedding that's using the same bridesmaid dress. And sometimes they can be so trendy or it's a specific color or specific cut or a specific brand, whatever, that the bridesmaid dress market on Poshmark and the secondhand market is actually really high because people are like, you said, I'm going to wear this once and I'd rather spend $50 on it than $200 on it. If Did I'm you sell mine? Again. No, not yet, but it's listed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, because yeah, also I mean, it's like, you don't know if it's going to fit again. It, it's, you know... It might be used in weddings in the next couple of years. Like this is a good time, like right after the wedding to try to sell it because undoubtedly, like if it's a popular brand, especially there's only so many bridesmaids dresses brands that they're going to be a hot commodity. And if somebody else can wear it and get some use out of it, then why not? Totally. Totally. And so that's what I I started doing was listing my bridesmaids dresses because yeah, like if someone else can get a use of it and like, they're just taking up space in my closet. Um, And so I know it's like, you're still putting things in the, to the thrift stores or putting things out there and they may end up in the landfill. But like, if more people did this, maybe we would buy more from like secondhand. Right. Mm -hmm. And then maybe it would reduce the problem. So this is such a, a nuanced conversation. I think, you know, if you've been following you, you understand that, right? Like this is a nuanced conversation because corporations have such a large role to play in, um, in the overconsumption. And again, like we're not trying to sit here and blame influencers. We just, just think we need to take a look at how we talk about products and also how we spend our hard earned money. And if we trust the people on the internet to be telling us, this is life changing. This is going to, you know, this is going to make you happy. And it's like, sure. Maybe like getting it in the mouth is going to give you that serotonin boost. Like, like I said, I know I have that. However, is there something that's underneath the need to buy this over and over again? Mm-hmm. And there may Absolutely. not be, but is there? Right. So I think it's definitely worth at least taking like a critical look and a step back and saying, okay, how am I spending in correlation with my income? How is my budget looking? How are my spending habits looking on a month to month basis? And just even starting there and being like, Oh, okay, maybe I could pull back a couple purchases a month, or maybe I'd like to reallocate some money into spending or saving on something else. So even just pulling back that first layer, I think will kind of put you on the path to being able to be like, okay, 
when I do have the impulse to buy something, maybe just even put it in your cart and wait 24, 48 hours. And if you forget about it, then you probably didn't need it in the first place. I've seen I've seen this girl um, on TikTok do that. She talks about how she will like make a list of things that she wants. And then at the end of the week, she'll go back and reflect and be like, do I really want this? Um, and disclaimer, Ashley and I are not financial advisors. So like, we're not trying to tell you how to spend <laughs> your money. We're just, you know, talking about it from like this psychological standpoint of like, if you find yourself clicking buy, 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 add to cart constantly, and then buying these things, and you find yourself in debt, or even not in debt, but you just find yourself being like, oh, I wish I could save a little bit more money. Just take a look and be like, okay, yeah, is it, do I feel like I need to be on the trends 24 seven? And why is that? right and it, you know you can get deeper into um just having deeper insight into yourself and your spending habits and like your feelings and what you do with your feelings like i feel like that's what we're trying to come to with this conversation today is like you can understand your internal self a little bit better if you take a step back and look at you know your habits when it comes to consuming things, especially consuming things from people that tell you to consume them online. Right. When it's their literal job to try to get you to buy a product, they're sales people. And that's what we have to just boil it down to at the end of the day. They're sales people. They're trying to get you to buy a product. They're just relabeled which is themselves so, with a new job title. <laughs> right. Which is so funny if you think about it. And, not, and you know, my mom's in sales. There's nothing wrong with sales, right? It's just when you think about it, it's like, you think about like, oh, this lazy cars salesman, right? And it's like, whoa, these influencers be looking a little bit similar to that. Yeah, they're just freelance salespeople. Right, right. And again, no shade to them. However, I think we do need to look at how we talk about, and if you're an influencer and you're, you know, posting things and you're saying like, if, you know, you're in the market for something like this, because like I said, people are using TikTok and social media as a search engine to be like, what's the best product to buy, which I think is smart, right? And like, instead of just mm -hmm. like buying something and trying it and then it not working out, like trying to do some research into it, I think that can help you not just like spend, spend, spend. However, we might want to take a look at how we kind of like idolize influencers, right? And so it's like, when I feel like they're selling me something, I'm going to buy it for some, you know, idolization re reason. So again, there's so much nuance in, to this conversation and we're definitely not hitting on all of it. Um, however, I hope it got you thinking about overconsuming, about the possibility of reselling or thrifting, just so that, you know, you can make good changes if you feel like you need to make changes in your life. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And like Emily said, this is a very nuanced conversation. I'm sure we could take it even further. And if there's any, you know, specific points that we discussed that you'd like to hear a little bit more about, definitely message us on Instagram or shoot us an email and we could definitely dive into it a little bit further. Or if you disagree. Kind of like, right. Yeah. If, if you kind of disagree with anything place. you said, like, please let us know. Like, we are not experts in this topic. And so if you disagreed and have a different perspective, like, let us know because like I said, it's nuanced. And so it's going to, I hope it's an ongoing, I really hope truly that de-influencing is a conversation into overconsumption and we keep it going. We keep it going being mm -hmm. like, you do not need these things. Like, I promise you, you do not need these things. They are not essential.
Right. Even just planting that seed of awareness, I think we'll be able to go really far in people's every, you know, day-to-day lives. Completely agree. And who knows, maybe we'll see what happens with the de-influencing trend and record another episode on this. Um, But like most of our episodes, we just hope they got you thinking and provided some insight. Um, Yeah. All right. So we have some fun interviews coming up in the next couple weeks. So just FYI, we still are going to be on this bi-weekly posting schedule. For the time being, um, we'll reevaluate once I give birth and, you know, all that good stuff and all these life changes. We'll be able to see if we keep wanting to do bi-weekly or every week. But we have a lot of great interviews already recorded and lined up. And if there's anything specific that you want to hear, um, any topics of interest to you that either we have covered already and you want to hear more about or just new subjects, definitely Uh, let us know. And thanks for listening. If you have a second, please give us a rating. It really helps us be able to reach a larger audience and be able to help more people. So we will talk to you soon. Love you, Em. Love you, Ash.